Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, buzzers, welcome to a devastating episode of the Arrow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV Season 4, Episode 18, titled 1159. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Last time. Put your lighters in the air. <laughs> what? Last That's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. My name is Alicona, and I'm here to say I'm rapping to you here, and it's not Tuesday. It didn't rhyme. Anyways, hey, You're guys. like the Lady Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that reference is, but... <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Arrow Show. Yes, there is so much to talk about tonight. Please join us in the hashtag, hashtag ABTV Arrow. We can talk about all the things that you are concerned about because... I know it's a lot. Oof. I am Ali Conor Bradford. Please, please, yeah, no peas. Please find me at Boys and Beauty L1 on Twitter and on my YouTube channel, Boys and Beauty with Ali Kona. <laughs> Go. Oh, was that was that me? Is <laughs> that the? Do, do we shove me now? Okay. Yes. Hi, I am Lex Michael. All over social media at the Lex Michael, and I'm having a whole bunch of what, as uh, the kids call, are uh, the feels. Right? That's what they yes, call them. They call all them feels. Of the feels. Yeah. Oh. Feels. Got those. Oh, guess I'm not that hip. Many of them. And I'm Tari. Oh, haha! <laughs> My turn. I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. It's D E U R I J A Y. I have no feelings as I am a robot. Oh, um, good to know. Boom. <laughs> Pass it along. That's right. And I'm Katie Cully. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxe. That's K I A X E T. I have been waiting for three weeks to start with Hamilton, and I'm so proud of myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got the hashtag ABTV Arrow. Like she said, we have the live chat. And my feels right now are just anger for more than one reason. Oh, we will talk. And about we're not those. talking like about that stage of that stage of grief. I'm I'm just angry at many things right now. Yeah, um, there's a lot both uh, in the context of tonight's episode and outside of the context of tonight's episode that I think we're we're going to talk about. I think there are a lot of feelings, a lot of feelings to be shared feelings! at this table. Well, what are these? You, shit, you speak let's share. Out. Come on, guys. Well, where, okay, where do we want to start? I want to start. Do you okay. want me to lead with this? Because... Mm. No, yeah. no, no. We'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> totally but what I would like to talk about is actually Andy. He's the first thing I want to talk about because from the get-go, he just stunk. From the get-go, you could smell his creepiness, his everythingness, he was guilty, and I didn't believe him for a second, and I'm so mad at Diggle for being so blind and doing exactly what Oliver said that he punished him for in the beginning. Or not punished, but just lectured him about Yes. It. The smell of duplicity. Yes! Yes, it smells like old meat. I believe I believe it was Kipling. <laughs> Rudyard Kipling, in one of his numerous works, compared the smell of duplicity to that of old meat in the jungle when it's warm. Mmm. <laughs> Books. Well. That sounds like Rudyard Kipling. Indeed. <laughs> hey, that sounds like Rudyard Kipling. So, anyways, what are your guys' thoughts about Andy? Did that one pull one over on you, or did you see it coming from a mile away? I was willing to trust him right until we started doing things in this episode and it started being too easy. Like, this, sitting there going, this could go either way. Either Andy is in on it, or he is being fed misinformation, and he is just that impressed. And the second we had the, there's a booby trap, and it's only cutting off Oliver, and he takes an arrow for him, but definitely in a non-fatal place. Yep. And I'm like... Yep. I've done enough theater to know when something is staged. Right. <laughs> Holy cow, that was bad. Yeah, I will say I was not ultimately all that surprised when we discovered where Andy's true allegiances oh, lay. No. I was certainly disappointed, but not I surprised. Wouldn't. But I will give the episode credit because even though I got to a point where I went, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a jerk. 
they they did take their time and they let it play out in such a way that there were a couple of points in this episode where I, I really found myself going, well, this could still go either way. No, mm-hmm, and nah. then, of course, when the reveal happens, it's like, well, yeah, of course he's he's a bad dude. Like I never bought right. it for two seconds. Not even a millisecond. None of this season did I ever think that he was a pure soul ever. But I didn't... Oh. Oh, I was gonna. All I was gonna say was I never thought he was a pure soul. I just thought there might have been a chance for him to be redeemed, if only so that we didn't. The the show wasn't implicitly doubling down on Oliver's super bleak outlook on people. <laughs> yeah, because the theme of this season so far has been change, and we're getting to this, and it's like, lol, not possible. Like, come on, you guys. Well, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but me as a, no, but me as a as an audience member, I really wanted Andy to have turned a new leaf. I mean, I know that change is not easy, and I think that is what the message is. Is it's not that change is impossible; it's that it's not easy, and it's something that you constantly have to work at. Because if you don't, that you, like you'll find yourself slipping back into old habits. And so, I mean, maybe we'll get some kind of resolution in that regard, but. I mean, yeah, Andy. Andy was a jerk, and 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 he took the easy route. He's gonna I'm die. Just mad. Here's the thing. I get that Oliver has jumped to conclusions in the past, but I'm mad that nobody trusted him. Because from the get, here's the thing. What Oliver has, I get that Diggle has a lot of training, and also on the top of this, it's his brother, right? But what Oliver has is this certain instinct that nobody else on the team has because of the island. Now, maybe he mistrusts people quickly, but he just has this thing to me. And it's a knack for smelling out people who stink. The meat. Yes. (laughs) The duplicitous meat smell. Yeah. But he's just so dang paranoid anyway. Yeah, but everything that he was not being paranoid about tonight was totally spot on from the get-go. From the first conversation (laughs) that Andy had with Diggle, when he just so openly was like, brother... What do I do? Malcolm wants me to help him. When did you ever go to your brother for advice like that in the recent present? Right. Post-teenage years. Not anytime soon. So all of a sudden you just opened up to him and want to know what to do with Hive and Malcolm? Right. No. Well, Come so, on. And we'll really, we'll see because obviously we have a handful of episodes left before the season ends. So there's still time for this particular story arc to turn in other ways. My thought First, I want to tag up on something you said about how nobody trusts Oliver, and you're a little bit bummed that nobody trusted Oliver on this point. To be fair, Oliver is also the biggest liar in that room at any given okay. time. Okay. And but, he also and went from but, zero to 9,000 in terms of, I don't trust him. Where are the drugs? And there was, too, there was, there, and I was, I was serious. I was like, bro, try in this moment, be a little bit more Batman Begins Batman, a little less Batman, be Superman Batman. Please, for me. But... Well, Batman Begins Batman was also, where are the drugs? So, you know. In his defense, one, they were on a timeline. uh, (laughs) And also, I mean, yes. I think that he felt like if he pressured him enough, then he would, like, there's there's no way that he could have just kind of, like, friended it out of him because they've never been friends. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. True. So, yeah. But my, my bigger thought is, uh, you know, we can see where this storyline goes before the end of the season, but it is this idea where Oliver, even though in this instance, yes, he was right. He does tend to have a very bleak, very non-trusting approach to the world around him. And you had this really great conversation between him and Diggle tonight where Diggle basically said, not everybody's like you, Oliver. Some people actually can change. And I like that there was a, an alternative point of view presented. What I won't say I disliked necessarily, but what made me go, huh, okay, is Diggle presents this argument about how, yeah, in reality, not everybody is like this. People can change. People can grow. People can get better. And what happens by the end of the episode is because Diggle took that tack, something very, very horrible happened that Diggle is now going to have to carry the weight of. And it does, like I said before, feel a little bit like the show doubling down on Oliver's outlook. And this is a show about superheroes. We're going to have a lighter yeah. tone in season four, you guys. <laughs> and again, look, not like we can't tell dark stories. And like I said, we can see how this ultimately resolves itself by the end of the season. But that's super bleak. Yeah, but you know, I also had dig. He said that, and then he he, and that's why Felicity left you. Bro, and like, I was like, I was like, we gotta start. We gotta start calling no. Diggle Firestorm because your boy got burned. <laughs> oh. Wow! Wow! No, no, I- Watching Thea's reaction to that because Thea had this 
moment. Like, yeah, there's a line, and you just kind of three-step waltzed right over it. Right. So, and see, that's what made him, well to done, me, buddy. almost like such a hypocrite. Because, A, he is the person who says, don't be blinded by your family, bro. A, B, like he did, he totally crossed the line. And just everything, and the fact that he did have that whole speech about... People change. Let me throw this shit in your face. And then, hey, guess what? You are the one that was wrong. And because that you were wrong, you just lost a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what I'm saying. That's And it seems like I, I'm trying to figure out if this is actually the philosophy of the show. Or if we're going to somehow spin this into a slightly more optimistic something or other. The I, show just took that and punished optimism pretty dang badly. I don't... Think of it, I don't think it's a message thing, though. I think it's just a, it's a, a tool. They were like, all right, we're going to use this thing to make our characters do stuff. So, essentially, now that, that Diggle is carrying that, it gives him a reason to do something. Absolutely. Now that, like, the team has lost someone, it gives them a reason. To, like, because I the last few episodes, ever since Dark was defeated, they've kind of been putzing about. Um, <laughs> And now this kind of Bees. is a way of <laughs> it's a way of like putting new life back into the characters. Absolutely, at the cost of someone else's actual life. Yes. Like, and I agree with you completely. And I, I certainly don't mean to suggest that I think the intention of the people creating the show is to to explicitly say optimism is bad and it's going to get your friends killed. I, I mean, it does. It, it can, no, I mean, it does not. Watch, Hush. watch out, guys. Uh, but it definitely. <laughs> Feels a little bit like, whether intentionally or not, the and message is a weird word to use because it's, I don't mean it in the sense of like the moral of the story right. is. But it's the just theme. A, it's a Wheel weird of morality. It's a weird implication, I think, that they're making, and maybe they're making it on purpose so they can pay it off down the road, and maybe they're not, and I'm not sure. Well, and I went, now that we're talking about payoff, this is, I want to talk a little more about Laurel's death. Oh, yeah. Because oh, we, yeah, yeah. we, there was an article that someone on Twitter, and you're buried in here, so I'll give you credit once I am able to find you, linked us that talked about how Laurel's death was fridging her, and it linked to an interview in The Hollywood Reporter where Miracle and Guggenheim said, yeah, the writers didn't want to kill her, but they had to pay off the grave somehow. But then and why she was, put it in there in the first place? And she was, because it's a hook. It's a really good hook, but unfortunately they were laying the tracks in front of them while they were riding the train. Been there, done that, but it's not fun. Yeah. And that Laurel's death was fridging because... I've known for almost a week that it was going to be Laurel because someone tweeted spoiler pictures, and that is a whole other subject that I want to get on a little yeah, later we, on. Because guys, we need to talk. I think Tari but, was the only one of us. Tari, tell me if I'm wrong. Was the only one of us that didn't get this spoiled for us on Twitter before you we started. Correct. Yeah. And I'm furious about that. But again, that's a little, yeah. little later on tonight. We'll talk. But it was fridging because it was done for her for man pain essentially i knew that it was going to be her i knew we got those spoilers and once i kind of went okay fine i was hoping that they would do it in her capacity as the ada like we're going after laurel because because uh, detective lance betrayed on and because she is the main prosecuting attorney on this case and if she goes down who else is going to pick it up no one Especially since the mayor evil is picking up the DA now. Right. So I was really hoping that if it was going to go down, that it would go down in that capacity. And that it would be, we're taking you out because you're a threat on the legal side, not this, tell your father I said I'm a man yeah, of my word. But that's, <laughs> like, like, yeah, no. but, but that's a message all on its own from Dark via, you do not betray me. You do not betray me and you don't do it publicly. I told you I was going to do this and guess what? I did it. But it took her out as an object. You are the daughter, as opposed to you are Laurel Lance, you are a threat, you are. It was just yeah. like, no, I'm only doing this because it makes your daddy sad. Bye-bye. And, and that just, you may as well have shoved her in the fridge while he was at it. It's very tough because I I absolutely see that. I was thinking, between us watching the episode and coming in here to start the show, I was having the same thought process. And I'm of two minds because on the one hand, I see that argument and I don't disagree with that argument in the slightest. And I also see the other side of this equation, which is they wrote the arc of the season in such a way where, okay, so if you're, we're talking about the Hollywood Reporter article, they felt like they absolutely had to pay that off somehow. Concurrently, they have put 
Damian Dark and Lance in a position where they're at, and we talked about this on the show, there absolutely had to be some major fallout from Lance's decision to yeah. betray Dark. And it makes a lot of sense if you're as sadistic, if you enjoy causing pain, pain as much as Dark does, that you you know you can hurt Lance a lot more by killing somebody he cares about. So I, I get it. But it felt... I, I'm having a hard time shaking the fridging aspect of it myself, even though I feel like this did make logical sense for a couple of different reasons. Because they shoved all of the bricks into place at the last minute. Oh, and I found out about this. Oh, and it was a hop, skip, and a jump to here, so I know your identity, and I know you're his kid, no. and I'm going to kill you while you're in the suit. Like, it just felt like all the dominoes spontaneously fell over at but once. But here's the thing, though. The fact that they also put it in the show where she's holding the mask, and okay, let's just talk about, first of all, her and Lance having the conversation about, do I take this job, do I not? And him saying, you realize when you take this job that you are going to have to take the mask off. And then later on you have Oliver coming in saying, but why not? Sarah's back. The only reason you did this is to avenge her death or to put your energy somewhere else, but now that she's back, you really don't have to lead this crazy life that I do. So go be normal. Go do the things that you dreamed of doing when you were younger, you know? And then her having this conversation, be like, you know, no. I this, And then her having the masking going one last time, and that's when, I, oh, hell, one last time. Like, that's just a clue right there. It is a little bit, in a world where even if we didn't know, if we hadn't gotten spoiled, we knew we were going to find out the identity of who was in the grave tonight. And when that moment happens, it's a little bit like, guys, just, like, cover your cards a, a little. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a hair. If you're yeah. going to come play poker, don't wear mirrored sunglasses. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Watched other people do it. It's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand it. I understand how they set it up. I'm still really pissed off that it was just because you're his daughter and not because you're an actual legal threat, et cetera, et cetera. Just the the payoff for that and it being only because you're his kid. Right. It doesn't matter. He could have done another kid, whatever. Well, no, but that's what he said. That doesn't mean there weren't all those other reasons behind it, like the ones that Lex actually just brought up, which I think are fantastic reasons for doing so. Yeah. My, my concern really is more, Katie, based on all of the points that you raised, there's the fridging aspect of it, which I agree makes me raise an eyebrow too, but more than that is that Hollywood Reporter article, and I would have to go look at it myself, and I don't know how well sourced it is, but if the only reason they killed somebody at all was to pay off something that they didn't have a plan in place for, that's, that's a bigger that's a bigger concern yeah. to me. Like, yeah. all right, when you said that, the first thought I had was... And there are a number of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons that Breaking Bad is, to me, a miracle of modern television is the number of times that they they didn't have a clear plan for their season, and they kept writing themselves into corners. They kept making, without spoilers, you see at the beginning of their final season, you see a giant weapon in a trunk of a car, and they had no plan for how that was going to pay off. And by the time they paid it off, just my opinion, I think they did an amazing job. Not every writer's room is the Breaking Bad writer's room, which is to say <laughs> you should probably plot stuff like that out in advance in the interest of telling the most emotionally and logically satisfying story to your yeah, audience. Yeah, because that was very left field. I mean, we knew someone was going to die, right? And uh, all of us were hypothesizing it's Detective Lance, it could be Diggle. Da-da. Laurel was definitely out of left field, for me anyway. Which I guess is a good thing because you're not prepared to let go of that character just yet. But what was interesting to me is the way they did it because, again, and we'll talk about it, because we had gotten spoiled already, every time somebody got into a fight with Laurel and I'm watching the episode, I'm like, is this it? Is this when she's going to die? No, they'd look, they, they would wait till the end of the episode, right? And, well, I was and like, they're going to make it as dramatic as possible. Right, oh my right. god, yes. But, she's going to be fine. Lol, JK. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. I felt like, A, Laurel knew she was going to die just because of the speech that she gave Oliver. The reason, and, and that was just foretelling what was going to happen, but the fact that she felt the need to, and by the way, P.S., the island actually intertwined very nicely this episode. We'll talk about that. Yes. But mm-hmm. the fact that she felt the need to tell Oliver, I'm so happy for you that you found Felicity, but just so you know, you will always be the love of my life. And that was actually a shock for me because I thought she let that go. We yeah. all forgot about Tommy. Yeah, yeah, really, really. He Bye. Was just keeping the Bye, bed warm, Alicia. guys. Um, I actually, I, I'm gonna save it for predictions, but I have a theory about it. What's her that? and her speech and all that stuff. 
And what I want to say, there's a lot of people in chat saying it's not permanent, she's not actually dead, etc. Guys, we have word of God that this is permanent. So, but th- here's where that's interesting, and this was something that uh, we were talking we were about. Ta- Alicone and I were talking about earlier. So, yes, the producers have said this version of Laurel, and it was before they addressed who it was, but it was whoever's in the grave, that character is dead. This version of this character is not coming back. And I'm reasonably certain, maybe I'm mistaken, reasonably certain I read in print the quote included the words, this version of the character. This universe allows for dimension hopping and time travel. Right. And we also know that we're seeing Earth 2 Laurel before the season finale of The Flash. Yeah. So it's totally possible you could pull in another version of the Katie Cassidy character but this one's this one's dead. Right. How yeah. shape not... is that? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. And you know what's funny is when we were talking about in the car too. Yes, we carpooled. Uh, when we were talking about it in the car too, we were just saying. For me, I was saying the same thing. It cheapens the death because it's not as dramatic when you know you'll see that character eventually in the future. At the same time, awesome for her because she still has a job. It's just on a different show in the in the same network. But it's not as devastating when that person is not gone forever because you can just watch her on another time. So, hour, you know? so all we gotta do is collect the Dragon Balls, and hey, I'm like, she'll be back. Right. So, but so here's the thing about building a universe on television or in movies that is very comic booky, mm-hmm. a- as much as, the, and I love how much they're going for it. I love that they're going for Earth Two and time travel and all that stuff. But just like in comic books, you know that when a beloved character dies in a comic book, it's comic books. It may not be next issue. It may not be next year. That character's coming back somehow, some way. So really, it's not about, we're never going to see this character again, period. Whenever I'm reading a comic book or watching you know, a, a TV show like this one, it's, did they make the death emotionally satisfying as an event in and of itself? Forget what may happen later, even if they do, even if they totally retcon the death out of existence, was the event emotionally affecting on its own? And I'll be the first person to say, I get weirdly emotional about goofy stuff all the time, even knowing going into this episode that it was going to be Laurel who died, even knowing full well that we're going to see another version of Laurel before this season of television is even over and she could very well come back in another form, I still got a little glassy eye at the end oh, of this I episode. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Like, I, was getting, I was getting very like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> well, especially with the scene with her and Oliver. And, and like I said, to me foretelling what was going to happen because Oliver's saying, why are you telling me this now? Like, why now? You know, because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and see, it was it was that what? line. And that's when, okay, so she's going to be fine. And then she has the line about you never know what's going to happen. And even though it did feel a little bit like, what you said, the doctor just said she was going to be fine. fine. That's oh, why that makes sense. It was but, rushed. But it did seem so, it wasn't the big... I mean, this was it was directly tied into the the injury she sustained in the big comic booky fight. But it wasn't even the big comic booky fight that did her in. It was something else that came after we were we thought we were out of the woods. An aftershock. Something totally random. Something we could not have accounted for ahead do of time. Do you guys think that it was actually random though? Do you? Well, like, that's, yeah. I was sincerely that... hoping that one of the surgeons was some form of assassin or something and put something in there that shouldn't have been. I was I hoping. I'm not gonna that lie. Maybe she asked watching a lot of Daredevil. to like kill her. her. Like, I thought that she was like, I need you to do something for me. And then it began, and it was like, hey, I need you to, like, seize me. I'm, I'll probably be par- uh, paralyzed or something to that effect. Like, I thought, in my mind, and I, it could be a thing, that it's, it's part of something that she had asked him to do. Her death is related to that. Right. So, so essentially, it could, maybe she got, uh, I don't know. Maybe. But here's the thing. Did you guys <laughs> notice the shot of when they're having that conversation and they're looking at the picture? There was one brief shot from outside of the window as if you were looking in. Yes. And I thought that was the perspective of another character that was going to kill her maybe as soon as Oliver walked out of the room. And it went from normal to going to convulsions very quickly. Right. Which was yeah. odd. No, the entire scene, I was also waiting for either uh, Dark himself or one of his acolytes to show up and finish the job. And uh, when that didn't happen, I went, oh, well, uh-oh. And, oh, you know, I was saying, the only other thought I had is, you know how sometimes, and maybe I'm just getting way too deep and way too philosophical, but sometimes they'll say, for example, when an older person is passing and they're waiting for, like, their granddaughter to come into the room, and then as soon as they have that moment where they get to see their granddaughter, it's like they let go and Yeah, but Dad showed up, like, 30 seconds too no, late. No, but not Dad, but maybe she did need to tell Oliver, just so you know, you were, I am in love, you are the love of my life, and once she was able to let that go... 
she was gone. Right. Uh, William Crawford in chats says writers already ruled out that Ollie killed her. Wasn't him. Well, and also too. Sorry, Tori. You got jobs before I don't you think had the theory. He would anyways. Uh, yeah. Hi, hi, Snade. Hello. That's what happens um, when a non-medical show has a hospital scene. And Mystic Lightning says, "Yeah." Love that positivity. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but you refer to the shot where it cuts to outside the room, and that shot puts us outside the room so that we can't hear what Laurel makes Oliver promise her. Because we need a new mystery now that we know who's in the grave. We need something that has to carry us to the end of the season, and that's it. I don't think yeah. he would kill her. No. I don't think because here's the no, thing. I don't think that's part if of she it. was in pain and she was like, just help me end this, or oh, I God, have no. feelings, but she didn't have any of that. But it could be it could be like a ploy it could be a double down ploy where everyone thinks she's dead for some reason and then it's her way of coming back it depends on if we see an open or closed casket uh funeral closed yeah 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 I don't think we're going to see a funeral in and of itself, but we saw the casket being lowered into the ground. We've seen him in front of the grave. Yeah, ta-da. I have a question, actually, for the chat. And we get a little bit of a delay with your chat, so, <laughs> so forgive us. What? Not hearing... What? Summer wave. She made all of her promise to raise Jon Snow as his own son. <laughs> <laughs> Game, Game of Thrones. No. Game of Got Thrones. It. Got it. No. Okay. Oh, God bless. Uh, well, uh, Shiza... What was I going to say? Uh, you have a question uh, for the uh, chat? Oh, oh yes. So, did anybody else think that they gave up way too quickly on her? Now, I am not a medic. I am not a surgeon. I am not a doctor. So, I don't know. But I felt like the pace of the scene was so fast. Again, she went from normal to convulsing to let's break out the infibulator. Defibrillator. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Boom, boom, boom. Pump, pump, pump. Let me hop on her chest and mount her like a horse and push on her chest. Time of death. 11.59. Um, Like, you just gave up that quickly? That was backwards. Usually, you do the CPR to start, and that is... CPR is really ugly stuff because you are trying to compress an organ that is encased by bones, and so that is rib cracking, rib breaking, trying to get the heart to pump stuff. And then you go to the paddles if you really need them. So, I feel like, one, this was backwards... And two, yeah, this was real abrupt. Well, I'm gonna give them a pass because it's not a medical drama, but <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely noticed yeah. some of that stuff too. But I'm like, you know what? This isn't a doctor yeah. show. This is an archery punch bad guy show. Guys, they had to get out. Their shift ended at, at midnight, <laughs> oh, so they're sorry. like, all right, we're sorry. calling it. Drinks on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's backtrack a little bit though and actually talk about the idol. And let's talk about <coughs> the magician who likes to hop in and out. And I love that Damien. Dark actually brought up the fact, like, yo, bro, seriously, how did you just, why did you just show up, you know, and they made sure to make the emphasis on, hey, let's heighten security in our crib, and Malcolm walks in, and he's like, y'all need to work on your security. He's like the anti-Kramer. No one knows when he enters a room. It's like, and he said, Mr. Diggle's security upgrades need security upgrades. And I'm going like, then what, like, just, you know what, why don't we just have our lair outside? Why don't we have, like, <laughs> under a tree Welcome, in a field, and this is where we meet. Don't come over here. That's basically what they're doing. Yeah. Where's the retina scanner? That's what I want to know. Can we get a little bit more high tech? Somebody. Uh, but anyways, yeah, let's talk about the idol. You guys had mentioned when we were watching the show you know, them scattering and splitting the pieces. I believe that was you. And for me, I thought, why is this thing on display? Just in general, I get that you guys think you're in a secure zone, but why do you have this thing just here in a glass case? See, I really wanted them to go the, the vampire route for it, and it's to burn it and scatter the ashes over two different rivers. Right. Just, you will never get it back. What, it may I, not burn, but it was still in pieces. So you scatter the pieces over two different rivers. Well, did I? Did, maybe there's something from the uh, the past couple of episodes that I just brain dumped. But is there a reason they couldn't have destroyed the idol head? It was already destroyed. Yeah, didn't, it was didn't in they pieces. break it that one time? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was when we had Vixen on the show. So why don't we call Vixen and have her break it some more? Why <laughs> did we put it back together in yes. the first well, place? Why did we use an entire vat of crazy glue to stick this sucker back together? No except for the one corner piece with the picture of the sky. Like, uh, seriously. It's a thing this season, uh, both in Flash and in Arrow, that like when something's done, you display it. You know, the, the Jay Garrick hat, bam. <laughs> Crazy idol, bam. Well, the hat was 
was a memorial. I'll give them that. <laughs> the idol was just dumb as hell. What I did like, I liked uh, two things to that point specifically. One, I really liked the really brief shot where Damien Dark was stroking the idol like it was a cat. And also, I really enjoyed <laughs> when it's like, we have to Me get... Me too, but I'm happy. To, we have to get the stone back. This idol's useless without the stone. I was, okay, so I was expecting... I'm like, okay, I'll go with that. In my head, I was like, okay, it's clearly this stone is going to be the like centerpiece of the thing, and you're going to put it like in the in the idol's mouth, and it's going to look really cool. Or, or it's a piece of his brain. And I was just like, oh, it's just that piece right there. Okay. No, what I am mad about is you really thought that taking the one detail away, you know, because they're like, oh, it's okay, we have the one piece. Fool! Why didn't you take ten pieces? You really just took one, one, and then you got Diggle over here. Don't yeah. worry, Andy. I have the piece. And <laughs> he's like, well, thank you, because I know you. You're my brother. I can find that shit. I well, find it. he said he'd been monitoring his movements for months, so all he had to do was retrace the steps. Like, that's just... The smart, <sighs> the smart play, and I do agree, separating even one piece is a better plan than anyone on the show has had all season. That's so, true! <laughs> but I will say that it's a very lazy version of what could have been a very good plan. The smart play would be you take a piece, you take a piece, Thank you, you take a piece, you take a piece. We all send them very far away, and no one tells anyone else where they sent that piece. I would That's, smash my piece. Or, or totally destroy it, or just make sure that no one person has all the information. Uh, something else, too, because we're just jumping around a whole bunch, and this was something I, I mentioned while we were watching the episode. Damien Dark is sitting in his box. And he's brought the idol, and the idol is missing the one little piece that he needs to make it work. And he's sitting in his little box, threatening Malcolm Merlin, saying, <laughs> yes. saying, and I'm paraphrasing, but saying, if you don't bring me the stone, the Jenna Jenna Bubba Buck corn plant isn't the only thing you and your daughter are going to have to be afraid of. You're also going to have to be afraid of me, the guy in jail with no powers who can't get you unless you give me the thing I'm asking for. Right, so why would I give beautiful. it to you? And why, and the thing is, is Malcolm looks slightly shocked when the whole Laurel situation happened. Like, hey man, we should get out now. Like, why are I you didn't plan why, for this. Like, why? Malcolm, you didn't plan for half your life. It's why you only have one hand. <laughs> and yeah, you're helping the dude. That, like, what the hell? Oh, I, did anyone? Is this? Is it? Maybe this is something else I missed too. Tonight, for the first time, I caught uh, Malcolm's sweet new robot hand that I, I had, didn't I hadn't see. Really it. I was before. wondering it's how he was holding hand. a sword. He's got like an Agent Colson hand now. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. Technology is at that level, I suppose. Anyway. Wait, <laughs> why does Dark, Merlin, and Andy just walk away with the rest of the team alive? Eh, they figure they're probably suffering enough. Who knows? Yeah, my, my thought well, would again... You killed them all. You can't go tell Detective Lance. Yeah, my thought, yeah, my thought would be partially that. It's what I was saying before about I can cause you more pain. Now that I know who you are, I can cause you more pain by killing everyone you love one at a time over, I don't know, a week and a half. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. In the same scene, too, I did really like the line about, you know, when uh, we had the boy, William, and you came for him. You I saw the look in your face. Look. I should have known then. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. You really should have. I, I feel like he was having a moment of, this isn't working. Why are my powers not working? For those of you listening on iTunes, there are some great hand gestures yes. going on here. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's what irritated me about him. And I get that when you were the leader of a big evil villainous plan that you just sit on your ass while everybody else does the work but it was just so blatant that every time something happened this evening he just sat there at one point he had his hand just resting on the head and he was like mm-hmm. was that the petting it like a cat moment maybe I, don't I, know. I it was more of like a two finger stroke thing that just sounds uh, bad yes. that sound, for like, all our podcast listeners like right, we, we are running yep. real short it's on time okay so really quick though I just want to conclude that he just sat there and watched everybody in amusement on two different occasions of people fighting his only move, movement was the time where he went to stab Laurel and that was that I'm like I don't know. For me, that's awesome that you're a villain, but it doesn't really do it for me because I want my villain to be able to fight, even if you don't have to. And yes, he can, but without his powers. Yeah, well, he's just but... popcorn.gif the whole time. <laughs> and he's, he's used to, like, calling shots. He's not used to necessarily making the shots themselves. Like, he's... We've seen him in hand-to-hand combat. So then why would I be afraid okay. of him? Why would I be afraid of him if I have better combat skills than because he Because the power that he... Darth Vader you. Right. Yeah. Not without his little skull... 
But it's a weird manipulation thing. Like we we could do this for the rest of our time, but we do need to move yeah. on because I think we've got like videos. And yeah, stuff. we have videos. Uh, la, 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 and the la. island. Last thing I want to say, um, and we can talk about the island. But I really, really, really enjoyed Paul Blackthorne this episode. God, the very yes. end. I was a little this upset that Oliver just stared at him. I don't care if you're in shock or not. You just saw this man drop to his knees and you are just looking at him. But it was such a beautiful moment by him, the actor. I was kind yeah. of hoping that he would have a heart attack because we played up That's that heart condition That's so many times. Said. And I just kind of want like the dominoes to keep falling. Because no. I'm a horrible human being. I don't want But that. I've been waiting for the heart stroke thing to be work, to be paid off for forever. But I'm also going to like... He's. I can't even fathom on any level what it must be like to lose a child. He has had two daughters, and between them, they've now died three times. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh my God, God. You're right. Yeah. And so of he's course, had more children die than he's had children. It's, it's literally yeah. like when he gets there and he sees Oliver, and he knows he heard that Black Canary was hurt. He sees Oliver. They exchange a look, and a yes, wonderful acting moment from Blackthorn where he just collapses. And I'm like, especially, bro, yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah. Dude. Well, especially yeah. because as an actor too, like you and I both know that sometimes when you know a certain direction is a certain direction, it's hard not to anticipate and make it look staged. Like, okay, I know I'm supposed to fall on my knee. It was so organic and so in the moment of just that real shock of literally, like I've had someone pass away before and sometimes your body gives out on you because yep. you are just so hurt and yeah. it, I can't even describe, but let's, sorry, let's talk about the island because we need to get into videos. Um, anything in particular you guys want to bring up? I definitely want to talk about the picture, for sure. It obviously had significance this evening. Yeah, I mean, me, I'm mostly glad, finally, to see how the flashbacks tie directly into the main arc of the season. Because yeah. I've been wondering for several months now how that was going to happen, if that was going to happen. Right. And it did. That was nice. Um, I do like the moment where they were first initially talking about the picture and one of the things that Oliver said because Diana was so busy talking about who she used to be and this, that, and third and how the island turns you into a monster and he's like, yeah, but if you were the girl in the picture now, you wouldn't survive. So are you going to survive or are you not going to? And then she's out, balls to the walls, pop, 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 pop. I'm like, oh, <laughs> somebody's gangster. Like, she got it. She was just a swim instructor three months ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, Before that's that, all. You guys, go ahead. Anything you oh, want to say? What one last thing that I definitely want to touch on uh, this yeah. episode in particular is Damien Dark referring to himself colloquially as the, the dark, dark, which I appreciated. I was like, okay, do, so you you go to jail for like a week, and suddenly like you think you have this extra level of street cred, and you're going to give yourself <laughs> right. a street name like that. I'm going, mm, all right, all right. Though he's got the Vader powers. Uh, yeah, somebody we wants to shirt, talk about. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people have been complimenting various outfits and hairstyles tonight, and we adore you all. You know we do. I want to talk about spoilers, but yeah. I feel like that can be after news and gossip before predictions. So. Sure. Let's uh, let's prep our engineer to get into some news and gossip, shall we? After Buzz. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so super big thank you. One of our followers actually tweeted me our news and gossip for this evening. So none of this is me and all of this is her. Um, wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking right now. Your last name is Vazquez. Let me hop onto Twitter and I can give you the proper cred that you deserve. But in the meantime, let's pull up some of those videos and we can take a look because they're actually really funny. So this one is... <laughs> this one is Colton Haynes and, of course, Emily Bett Rickards doing the crazy stuff that they like to do because, you know, they're homies like that. I think we Press might be play. having a few technical difficulties. Oh, um, while on? we're waiting for the videos to queue up, on the news side, we've heard two things. We have heard that we are, again, we're getting Earth to Laurel as the Black Siren. Yes. So mm. that should be fun and interesting because fun steampunk interpretations are my jam. And that Echo Callum has been promoted to series Ooh. regular Ooh. for season yeah. five. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, oh. so much for not going into the hero business. Mm-hmm. All right. So sorry. I should know this. It was Joan Vasquez. Knock, knock, Joan. It's funny because I always know people by their Twitter handles, not by their names. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but this is all from her. And I, I think don't. we're ready. Yes. They do like four outfit changes in this whole video. This is Hold glorious. On, this gets better. Wait. <laughs> okay. And she's just all behind him. Just smack that booty. Get it, girl. Get it. See, okay, and then let's see. Right. In my head, this is now canon. 
Of course it is. <laughs> this is like this is like between seasons two and three. They oh, did a lot of this. On? They yeah. literally call that head cannon. Yes. All so right. Just one last <laughs> moment that we'll hit up at two minutes and go. That's fine. Totally fine. He's probably like, oh my god, your knees are killing my back. Okay, let's keep going. Well, if you've ever been on the bottom of a pyramid, that is exactly what happens yeah. if the person on top has no idea what they're doing. All right, anyway, so we can go to our next video. I just thought it was really cute and funny because obviously we know that they're really great friends and I just thought it was cute. So thank you, Joan. Let's get into So we were talking about the fact that Echo Kellum is now promoted to a season regular. He's celebrated with Emily Bett Records. Let's check it out. I thought it was funny because he's like, yeah, talking about feeling himself or whatever, and obviously got promoted. But I'm pretty impressed. Emily, Emily, but held her own on this one. So, anyways, we'll go into our next video because that was a quick little Instagramigram. And let's see what else we have. Oh, so we talked about last week the fact that she is doing a charity to raise money for research for autoimmune diseases. This is a piece of her promotion for that. Go ahead. We don't have sound. Whoa, man. It's okay, dude. You just have to win immunity. All right. It is time to vote. Well, I don't know. Maybe someone has a hidden immunity idol. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> a super idol. Super idol. But what all this comes down to is... Immunity. And... Mystery. And... Survival. Just like Batman, autoimmune disease is a huge mystery. Autoimmune, in the, in the simplest way to put it, is when your immune system starts to attack itself. Just like Survivor, we want to strengthen that immunity. There are over 100 types and we don't know that much about diagnosis and treatment and we need more education and awareness and research. So I was thinking This is amazing and also kind of terrifying. Get on your computers. Don't turn the water on. And perhaps buy this shirt. We're going to raise money for the American Autoimmune Related Disease Association. So buy this shirt. Buy this shirt. This shirt. Buy this shirt. So buy this shirt. It's just a little bit less. You know, you get a new t-shirt. You think she wants us to buy a shirt? I think she wants to buy a shirt. She's strangely compelled to buy a shirt. Yeah, yeah. But it's great. Like, she seems to be having fun and she's raising yeah. money for a good cause. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go to our next video if we have any more. So, yes. I think that's our last video. I might have another one. I don't recall. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But either way, yeah, she, I mean, she does these from her bathroom. And honestly, some of them are a little bit interesting. Looks like the that's least. the last one. But she, okay, that's the last one. But anyway, she seems like she has a lot of fun. So, And that will just segue into the fact that, you know, I do a show in my bathtub, too. But I actually have water in my tub with bubbles. And last week's episode featured Echo Kellum. He called me while I was in my tub, so we FaceTimed. And if you get a chance, go on to Boys in Beauty with Ali Kona. Put Echo Kellum's name in there, too. You can find out some info on him. He tells us a little bit about his romantic side. And, you know, the fact that I he... I saw that cupcake he, video. Oh, that doesn't count. That's not my video. And he was, he was romantic with that cupcake. No, he talks about rose petals and massages. I'm telling you, you guys gotta check out my video. And he said that, you know, for you guys, I asked if he would ever date a fan, and he said he was open to it. Oh, so well. check out the details on Boys in Beauty with Ali Kona. I I'm plugged. A fan. Yeah. I did it. Drop the mic. I keep things cool. Okay, so God let's, help you, Echo. Anybody else? More news? News? Tinkers? No, I want to take a minute to talk about the. Uh, Context surrounding this episode. Yeah, so let's, as, let's knock this out. As we've mentioned, someone, <laughs> this is always fun and interesting, someone was evidently at production, took a photo of the grave on their nice camera, took a photo of the photo on their cell phone, and tweeted it out because that's what happens when you want to get something out right away. And other people tweeted it. I personally had that photo tweeted to me almost a solid week ago, directly to me with no, hey, spoilers, or no this, or no context, or no nothing, just straight to me, so I got spoiled without my say-so, and I know a lot of people got spoiled when that photo spread around, and a lot of people didn't want to be spoiled, and guys, 
we as a fandom need to be better than this. We need to not be the fandom that pulls the rug out from under a season-long story arc because, oh, there's a spoiler. We should do the thing. Have a little self-restraint. I am in so many fandoms where people have had to wait a week for a new episode after other people have seen it. Half a year for a video game to be translated. Like, this is physically possible, and we as a fandom have chosen not to do it, and we have chosen to disrespect everyone who works on this show, and we need to not do that. We need to be better. So well, you were... Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to further that, too, because it was put on our Twitter, but at the same time, like, my tweets get sent right to my phone, so even though I open it up and it says, spoiler alert, it's so attached to the message that I was like, ah, shit. Yeah. And, so and, and you on can't top of spoiler that too, cut stuff on Twitter. On top it of that, work. too, when you tweet something, FYI, if you were to say at Boys and Beauty, and you say a message, it shows up to me. If there are any words ahead of the at sign, that publicly goes on my feed. So when it does say, for example, spoiler alert, at Ali Kona, everybody else on the thing, that means everyone that follows me on Twitter, if they happen to go on to my page, they have now been spoiled as well, too, not just me. And so, Katie, you got that tweeted at you over a week ago. Not over a week ago, about a, but about almost a, a week. About a like, week ago. And you told me about it when it happened, and I said, well, okay, nobody's tweeted that at me. I'm really glad nobody tweeted that at me. What ended up happening was I made it to today without being spoiled. Oh, and man. fans of ours, fans of ours who are watching it on the East Coast started putting up the spoilers and tagging us in these tweets. And look... I am not going to reprimand people. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not. Oh, whatever. I am. Yeah. You need to sit on it for like three hours. <laughs> so here's the thing: three I, hours. I, read I, a uh, book. I agree. I agree. But I will say this: it's not like I like don't after have any for this after shit. look after the Force Awakens came out. For example, there were a lot of people on social media going out of their way to to give away that spoiler. Just because it would ruin somebody else's good time. This is not that. I don't think no. any of our fans no, no, are doing no. that I at think, all. I think it was done out of passion. I think it was, and I appreciate that you want to share these things with us and talk to us about it because you come to us to talk about the show. So for that, thank you. And yeah, I we love, love that. that. That's much. amazing. It's the best much. part of this game. Thank you. Uh, and there was someone who tweeted us a few days ago and said, "Hey, I have spoilery picks. Do you want them?" I don't know if any of you guys replied, but when I did not reply, they did not send me anything, and right. that I can respect. Asking for permission and then not forcing it when permission is not given. Right. I completely respect that. The person who tweeted me out of the freaking blue with nothing but the pictures, I'm not super fond of you. Yeah, and it's like you know, I love that you guys are excited and I love that you want to share your excitement with us. And please, yes, keep doing that. But also, just keep in mind, if you don't see us going live to talk about that episode yet, we haven't seen it. And it's stories are meant to be experienced, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a book, a comic book. They are meant to be experienced in the way that these storytellers intended them to be experienced. And although there was a lot about this episode that I was still able to enjoy, oh, yeah. and I was Absolutely. still able to be emotionally affected, yes. I was. I will now never have a totally pure experience with this episode. I I now do not ever get to have the experience of watching this episode not and knowing, shocked not knowing happens. that Laurel dies. After so, six months of buildup and theories about who's in the grave, we had this huge, huge buildup, and then someone got it in their mind to just go, nope. And ruin the experience for people. Right, and, and I don't think and that was their intention. Right. And, not, and right. it's not—it's right. not done maliciously, but it is a little bit just—just just, all I can ask is, guys, just think about the fact that we probably haven't seen it yet when you when you start tweeting stuff like that directly at us. Right. And think yeah. about the fact that Twitter is very public. Yeah, and, and again, we love you guys. Don't yes. don't stop yes. tweeting yes. at we us. We truly do. <laughs> just, just just stop tweeting spoilers at us. That's it. That's it. That's we love it. you. Yeah. Don't spoil things. Yeah. And that's I feel like that's it. I like yeah. I don't want to even belabor yeah. the point more than no. that. We no. love you guys. Keep yes. throwing all of your thoughts. Keep sharing the love with us. Just you know, East Coast, West Coast. Keep in mind. <laughs> just keep and in mind. I have a longer Coast, video on my YouTube channel going into this that I recorded today before even seeing this episode. So if you want my full. Thoughts on this, it's there. Yeah, we could have a lot of conversations about spoiler hashtag consideration. We won't. We won't. Let's, because we are going to be going into a break soon, we only have a few minutes left. Let's at least throw a few predictions out there. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Oh, that's no light show, even. What? No, it's the the abbreviated hurry.
hurry up and oh, go. Yeah, prediction. get get out. Oh, <laughs> no really lights. quick. So I'm gonna actually share a prediction from one of our followers really quick, who's amazing, Ryan Wood Allison, who always sends us really good, yummy, juicy information. So he predicts that Tia, did I say this right? Tiana will die after she asks Oliver to go to Russia. Oh, Tiana, why is I calling her D- Diana? Because it's, it's pronounced. Tien. It's, it's like Tiana. It's Tiana. Okay. Um, she asks Oliver to go to Russia, where she spent. Yeah, I think she probably will die too. And just to piggyback off of what I just said, she guessed with us. And even when she guessed with us and told us what her name was, I swear she said Diana. So I really just <laughs> uh, my ears are clogged. But that really. scene too did feel a little bit like, guys, just cover, just cover your cards a little bit. Just turn them, no, turn yeah. them that way. I can, I can see all of. Please turn yeah. them. I can see them all. No, take okay. the take the sunglasses off. Seriously, they're reflecting your cards. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. So, yeah, so uh, we saw saw in the promo, Diggle is carrying a lot of emotional weight. He's blaming himself for what happened. He's clearly about to do something very drastic. That's all I got. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think that Andy Diggle will die in the next two episodes um, by one of the team members' hands. Really? Yes. Interesting. Oh, Andy, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of John. Okay. I think that, I'm sorry, please continue. No, go ahead. Oh, I think that John will take him out. Yeah. It's pretty dark, but I think John's oh, at like yeah. he's had enough. He did he ask. Played. Well, and he did ask, "Were you ever? Was there ever a chance?" And Damien just kind of <laughs> no. Yeah, right. So keep in mind that half of his chromosomes have been tanked. Like we went over that earlier in the season that there there's some DNA issues going on there. So. Right. I think that that will happen. I think that Daigle is going to go a little less lawful good and a little more chaotic. Yep. And that's that's going to be fun and interesting. And I would like to see whatever Laurel's promises, how that, wow, dang, been a while since I've been played off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to see how her promise, how Oliver's promise to her figures into things. Yeah. Whether or not she made him promise to kill Dark or to not kill Dark. Right. Okay, so last thing. Um, hi, Darren Chen, twenty-one. Hello, and uh, the only thing I will say is when we saw the preview, we saw Diggle and we saw Mrs. Corn pa- Person. <laughs> Mrs. Lady Corn, Lady Corn, Mrs. Corn Person, and he did one of these, and I was like, ooh. And then the song played in my head that was like, ooh, upside your head, ooh, upside your head, because it looked like he smacked her upside the head. And, and then all awesome. hip hop soundtrack when Arrow returns in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so, throwing away a shot. Uh, <laughs> we had a wonderful time with you guys joining us in the hash room. Hash room? In the hash room. In the hash room. <laughs> it's always a good time in the hash room. Oh, yeah. Hashtag hash room. Hash brown. So make sure you find us over this break on Twitter. If you have not, support your host by following us. We really appreciate it. I'm Boys and Beauty 01 on Twitter. And again, please find me on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel and everybody who has. I appreciate you. Thank you. And I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. We love you guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Cool stuff coming. <laughs> you can find me at Tari J T E U R I J Y. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kia J K I A X E T. On Snapchat at Kia Prime. Uh, Transformers: Robots in Disguise is on Sunday nights. Blindspot is on Tuesdays. And in two weeks, I'm actually going to be at a Ruby screening in Burbank. So I may see you there, but I may not be here. Review us on iTunes. We adore you. We read reviews on this show, but there really aren't any new ones right now. Wee, 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 wee. Wee, 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 All the way home. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.